Good morning and welcome to Chanel. Glad that you're here today. If you're joining us online, welcome as well. I want to clarify something. This may deter some of you. I told JJ that when we're talking about democracy on Wednesday night, we're talking about how the churches of Christ have made decisions over the past. Um, maybe that. Maybe you're like, I want to talk about politics. You'll be disappointed. Uh, we're just talking about how the Church of Christ makes their kind of decisions since we don't have a kind of a larger governing body. That's the purpose of that class. But just wanted to clarify that in case some of you thought we were going hard political. Uh, we're not. So, <laughs> good morning again and, and welcome. Uh, a few years ago, uh, as I was beginning my dissertation process, left a little room. If you wanted to clap, you could. I'm just playing. Um, I was, uh, I'm kidding. That was, that was pathetic. Um, I wrote that in my notes, too, as a joke just for me. But uh, I was placed in a cohort where uh, we were encouraged to share our project ideas with fellow classmates. I later learned that this is a standard academic process in order to allow professors to force our peers to hear our bad ideas and not subject them to our terrible starting points. Um, and, and it was pretty bad. If you're in those early stages of like what you want your academic work to be, just the ideas, man, they're bad. Um, and they're, they're ideas that should have stayed in that cohort meeting room on those days. But in one of those meetings, an individual that I was sitting with proposed the idea of this leader-mentor relationship. And he, he theorized that like where God poured into Paul, Paul poured into Timothy, and so on and so forth. A, a, a great initial idea. But the issue was, uh, the way that he saw it was like this never-ending timeline where it just it kept going and going and going into the next person. And, and for a project like this, it, just, it didn't work great because there needed to be a type of metric to gauge success or because sometimes these projects, they, they don't kind of uh, find the results that you wish that they would. Uh, but it was at this point, instead of saying something to him, I selfishly started working on something for myself. Uh, because I saw something potentially beneficial for church. And, and full disclosure, he, he later figured it out on his own. And I feel that that was way more rewarding for him than me explaining it to him. But for me, what I noticed uh, as I was taking notes is that the method of mentoring would work way better if it were like a loop, if it came back. And I started drawing a, a triangle, picture of a triangle here, um, to reflect the original example that the individual had given. And this is where I saw something extremely important in this process. You see, in ministry, everything has to have a purpose. And I began to, uh, the process of looking at how churches function and how the different areas of a church feed off of one another. And so from this, I started looking at church in the same lens that, that I looked at God, that is the Trinity, this next slide here, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, often when we discuss who God is, we, we do so in three distinctive ways, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we do this because it's difficult to talk about God in a one-dimensional way. It's nearly impossible for anyone to articulate the different understandings of who God is without referencing the concept of the Trinity. And trust me, I've paid a lot of money to people way smarter than me and sat through classes who have built their entire academic careers trying to explain Trinitarian theology. But back to Chanel. 
If I were to label Chanel in a threefold way similar to that of the Trinity, I would do so by highlighting three pillars, similar to those that we identified throughout the process of our vision of welcoming and serving. And for this particular piece of our conversation this morning, let's identify them as Sundays, ministries, and outreach. As you can see, it's a very similar image to that of the Trinity. But in each part of this triangle, there are different and unique opportunities of engagement and service. So, for example, if I were to discuss our Sunday morning experience, we could quickly identify several opportunities, such as singing on the praise team, doing the communion meditation, preaching, but that's not all that happens on a Sunday morning, right? There are Sunday morning classes for children, for adults. There are welcoming opportunities. There are set-up opportunities as well. But for me, the one thing that I believe that has been missing is the connection that each of these elements have to one another. And we fail to see how the Sunday ministry experience influences our other ministries. And I, and I highlight this kind of with arrows, similar to that of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to the Holy Spirit one, or the Trinity one, right there. Go One more, with the arrows. Like the arrows. So with the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, how this works together is the Father flows into the Son, the Son flows into the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit flows into the Father, creating this movement. I believe that can also be articulated in a church setting. Let's go to the one with the ministries. Excellent. So, when we look at our Sunday mornings, lost place. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. The passion and joy that is experienced from our Sunday morning worship services, that should flow into our ministries. Perhaps we know this in our hearts, but it's important to say it out loud as well. Our Sunday experience is vital for fueling and directing our internal ministries. If people are encouraged and equipped from Sunday morning, they will go into our internal ministries, such as children, youth, women's, men's, life groups, etc., and be able to pour into those. Same way that the Father flows into the Son, our Sunday morning experience flows into the ministries that we have at Chanel. But this connection doesn't stop just with Sunday mornings. The very same mindset works with our internal ministries. If we are encouraging and equipping people within these respective ministries, there should be an overflowing of excitement and passion that forces us to share that with others. The passion and joy experienced in these ministries should not be contained, but rather drive us to serve our neighbors and larger Little Rock community. And so you see that area, that arrow of ministries flowing into the outreach area. That is what is encouraging and building that up. But the arrows and the movements don't end with outreach as well. Because if the outreach element of this is encouraging, equipping, and exciting people, that will in turn influence our Sunday morning experience. If people are entering, entering this, this church on Sunday activated and aware that God is moving in them and in their communities, it will shape our Sunday mornings. It will encourage us and motivate us to continue pouring into our ministries so that we can continue to prepare and equip others to serve in our community. And they all, just like the Trinity, they work together creating momentum and movement. And each of these areas, they work together to identify where we landed with the vision process. 
A threefold approach to Shanal, where our Sunday morning experience is about transforming ourselves into the people that God has called us to be, welcoming those to our ministry so they can get plugged in and experience Christian community, and preparing them and guiding them to serve our Little Rock neighbors. Now, it's here that you are likely saying, that's cool. Uh, We spent some time talking about triangles and the difficult concept of the Trinity, but what are we really doing here? How do we implement this? Well, today, after church at noon, an email is going to go out with a link that identifies ministries based off of spiritual gifts and traits. What we try to do is to break this into this threefold model of our Sunday morning experience transforming, our ministries being a welcoming opportunity, and the outreach component being serving. And so on this Google document link, what you have to do is you go through it and you look at the different service opportunities that we have at Chanel. So for example, if you are someone that has a passion for working with students, there will be a section that identifies present areas that this church has that you can look into. But maybe you're not a people person and talking to people or public speaking intimidates you. Well, we've got opportunities for you to serve as well. What we try to do is to list different components of this church based off of personality traits as well as spiritual gifts. So again, if public speaking, if that's your thing, there is a sign-up component for you. If you don't want to talk to people and your gift is organizing and preparing and setting things up, there are needs for you at this church as well. And what we want to do in this process is, one, recognize that we all have different and unique spiritual gifts and passions and help point you in directions at this church that you can serve. But this is where I think it's great to reference the story of David. David is one of the most iconic biblical characters, in my opinion. From David and Goliath to a man after God's own heart, we, we know these stories, we know these references. Perhaps we even share them with with our children as as bedtime stories, like I do in the story of David and Goliath. It's a great bedtime story for children. But in regards to the story of David and Goliath, I believe there is something that is often overlooked in this conversation of serving. You see, the scene of 1 Samuel chapter 17 begins, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this F of of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along uh, these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. There was Saul and the men of Israel in the valley of Allah fighting the Philistines. See, the story begins with David going back and forth to battle. This is customary for someone who was not considered old enough or big enough to serve in the army. However, David's father still needed David to do this, to take food to his brothers, to check in on them, to get an update. They were worried about their brothers. But in the next slide, David arrives. David's a little bit nosy because David wants to see what's really going on with Goliath. And so the text tells us that David left his things with the, keepers, with the keeper of supplies, meaning the second that David got there, he dropped off that stuff and then went to go see where the action was. That's what, that's what the text is telling us. He drops it off and goes right into the battlefield. So he says, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine, champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled with great fear from him in great fear. 
leaves his stuff, goes checks on his brother, and then experiences Goliath. If you're David, this is what you've been looking for. You've been looking for this moment to, to serve, this opportunity to help your people do something. And it's right in front of him. But this infuriates David's brother. He, he gets so mad. And he thinks that David is only there because he thinks he's better than everyone else and that David has only come down to watch the battle. This is in verse 28. This is when Elab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger and asked, Why have you come down here? If you have siblings, you understand this, right? The sibling rivalry is what's occurring in this text. He's like, you've only come here to show us up. We're here doing the work. You're, you're so, just supposed to bring the cheese to the commander. Like, what are you doing in the thick of this? He says, I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. Came down only to watch the battle. And it's from this point that Saul learns of David, and, find, and David finds himself in front of Saul and declares that he will go into battle for the Israelites. He says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Think about the shift there. From I'm just supposed to deliver this bread. I'm supposed to check in on my brothers. And now David is in front of Saul, telling Saul, I will go and fight Goliath. This is like the part of the story that we get hooked into. because It's the classic David and Goliath. The small versus the big. Like we, we understand that and we connect with this story. And more than anything, I wish I could go into the details of the battle because that is my favorite part of the story of David and Goliath. But I'm pushing that aside this morning because I want you to see what happens next. Because I miss this a lot. Verse 38, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. We'll pause right there. Because as a kid, when I would read the story, when I would look at the story of David and Goliath, I would see this and I would giggle and I would laugh because this is kind of comical. Like it, 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 it probably looks ridiculous trying to walk around with this armor that is weighing him down. It's too heavy. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And David says as much in the next verse. I cannot go in these because I'm not used to them. So we're so quick to move on to the battle that we miss the preparation. And we miss what David is doing in this scene because it's, it's powerful and it's important. See, eventually in, in verse 40, it says, Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Do you see what happened there? And hopefully you're seeing the connection that I'm trying to make between service and between David and Goliath. So we're so quick to move on to the battle that we ignore the preparation. And we fail to see what David does in this moment. We often overlook that David tried on Saul's armor. David was willing to go into the battle with armor that he knew didn't fit. Now, he tried it on. But the thing that we often overlook is that he tried it on. He was willing to put that armor on and attempt to go into battle. But just when he got it on, it didn't work. It didn't fit. 
But the point here is that he still tried on the armor. See, sometimes we are unwilling to try something because we automatically think it won't work, we won't like it. And we shut it down before we even attempt it. But that's not what David did here. He saw a need. He saw the people crying out against the Philistine Goliath. He knew that somebody had to go to battle for the Israelites. And he was willing to do whatever it took, even putting on armor that didn't work initially. Because he was willing to give something a chance. So back to what we're doing this afternoon. If you're in our e-notes, you're going to get an email from church that has this Google document on it. There's about nine questions on it. I know how we feel about surveys. There's just nine quick categories, things to highlight, based off of your personality traits, based off of your spiritual gifts and your passions. And what I would love for you to do is when you have a moment this afternoon to look at the needs and opportunities that we currently have at Chanel. And I'd ask for you to approach them the way that David did as he prepared to go against Goliath. David first recognized that there was an area of need for his people. They needed someone who was brave enough to go against Goliath. And the next thing he did was he accepted the armor of Saul. He tried it on, but it didn't work for David. He couldn't move and he wasn't himself. But David tried something in order to determine what really worked for him. As we enter this new stage of looking at how we can get involved and how we can use spiritual gifts, a promise that I'm going to make for you is if you try on this armor, if you try a new ministry, if you try a new opportunity of service and it doesn't work for you, it's not like a Supreme Court justice. You don't have to do it until you die. We're not doing that. I'm just saying, let's just be real, that a lot of times when we sign up and we volunteer for things, especially at church, we think, okay, I'm doing this until I can trick somebody else into doing it, right? And we're, we're going to lie here, but that's what you guys understand what I'm saying. But what I'm asking you to do is to try new opportunities of service. Try new opportunities of ministry that are at our church right now. If it doesn't work after a little bit, that's fine. We'll find somebody that that's their passion. But in this season, we are asking you to try a new ministry or a service area. Look at those lists today and envision yourself. Could I do this? One of the questions that I I wanted to ask that was vetoed was, do you think that you could do this better than the person currently doing it? That didn't, the wording wasn't great. But if you've ever had those thoughts of like, you know what? I saw that person doing it. I think I could do it as well. Ask yourself those questions today when you sit down and you look at the survey. Can you see yourself doing it? But also, if you see some things like leading the communion meditation and that just scares you to death, probably don't do that one. (laughs) If it's the thing that intimidates you and makes you afraid to even think about doing it, don't do that because there are other opportunities for you to grow, for you to experience your spiritual gifts. If you're a type A organizer... I've got a lot of things that I need help with. If you've got opinions on how we do food on Wednesday nights, come talk to me. That's on the list. What we try to do is incorporate a list with as many different ways to get involved in this church as possible, all based off of your personality traits, the things that excite you and the things that you're passionate about. Because in this process, we hope that you eventually find your staff and sling. 
Maybe you put on armor like Saul's. It's just too heavy, and it's not your thing, and it's weighing you down. But through this process, we hopefully will help you discover what your staff and what your sling is so that when you are going into those ministries, you have that confidence of David. David goes against against the giant Goliath, but he knows that God has prepared him and equipped him with what he needs based off of his gifts and based off of his passions. And just like David, we want you to be able to figure out what works for you and how you can best serve in our community with your gifts and with your talents. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to try new areas and opportunities. You have to determine where God is wanting you to use your strengths and your passions and discover how they are best used in our community. There's also room for ideas. I've asked you before, and I'll keep asking you, bring me your ideas. Bring me the things that excite you, that you think this would be great at Chanel. But I'm going to ask you to walk alongside me. Can't do it all by myself. So if you bring me an idea, know that I'm going to say, how are we going to make sure this gets finished? But there's options there, too. If there's service things that you think that we could be doing in this community, write them in there. I want you to use this opportunity, this survey, as an opportunity to dream about how you can help Chanel and about where we can go as a congregation. And like we've ended every sermon of this series, I want you to be reminded that God has prepared and equipped you in order that you too can say, why not me? Let's stand and sing together.